Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, live broadcast or subsequent podcast. Today, we are talking to expert navigator Sean Bolland, a.k.a. The Nav Guy. He has won the elite class at the British prestigious navigation event the arm which is called the original mountain marathon and he delivers navigation workshops for the arm too he's going to help us get better at navigation while we do our trail and ultra running today so he's going to give us three top tips and possibly a few more so sean thank you so much for joining us today have you been navigating today already or will that come later in the day uh, well, uh, later in the day possibly, but I've uh, just navigated my way down to the train station to drop my son off. He's getting a train out uh, back down to Comte where he lives. Oh, um, really? I'm so... from there. <laughs> oh, are you? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Is, is he um, at uni um... there? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, is, is he um, at uni there? Oh, no, sorry, no. He's, he lives with his mum down there. Um, oh, okay. So... Nice. Uh, but so not been out today. No, I've not actually not been out since uh, Sunday. I did Sedba Hills uh, fell race on Sunday. And oh. I'm absolutely destroyed after that. And uh, <laughs> I, I, the only thing I'm going to make it to is a, a yoga session this week to try and straighten myself out after uh, doing the Sedba Hills race. So it's yeah. only a, it's 14 miles, not that long, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I really struggled in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it just depends <laughs> how hard you push yourself, don't you? If you've pushed yourself really hard, then. And yeah, you're going to hurt afterwards. And did you have to navigate as well on that race? Well, not really, no, because the joys of being in the midfield is that you can just follow the people ahead, can't you? Wonderful, well, yeah. Said the hills, you can do, absolutely. You know, if it can, if it's uh, claggy conditions, if the mist comes in, then um, and, and you don't have anybody in sight above, then, then, then it is one that you do need to either know the course really well or get the old map and compass out and try and follow your uh, you know try and get yourself keep yourself on on track yeah oh, oh well congratulations on doing that race i am quite interested to know how like before we dive into all the mistakes that we're all making with our nav and what it really takes to improve can we sort of wind the clock back a bit to just tell us how you got into running and into navigation like what came first the nav or the running well both at the same time, I would say. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been running on the trails in the hills for over 40 years, which when I say that, you know, I think, wow, that's a long time. It really? Is a long time. You mm. don't look that old, just uh, for anyone watching on YouTube. <laughs> you look oh, about 40 you, to that's me. That's very kind of you to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I, did, uh, I, I turned 50 this year, so I'm now about 50. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have had you down at 50. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes, I, so I started out uh, orienteering as a kid. Ah. So I started tearing competitively when I was uh, eight. 
wow. So, that's so was it a kind of a family thing then? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people that my sort of era got into orienteering, it was sort of a family-ish type sport um, and, you know, quite a lot of travelling involved. Um, and, but that's where it all came from. And I, I did a lot of orienteering competitively as a, as, a, as a youngster and then as a teenager um, into my very early 20s and then uh, switched more to fell running um, for, for various different reasons. I just, just enjoyed that sport a bit better. So that um, interest in navigation was there for, right from the start you know orienteering is a great sport um it really is proper navigation map reading and um it's a great skill to have it was a great skill to have as a kid um in the it, you know makes you sort of um aware, you know it's able to read maps read plans which for my work in the past has been quite helpful and um that's so that's where for me that's where it all started but at the same time i was also a very keen runner so in the local athletic club cross country sneaking onto the fell a little bit as a youngster as well so the the two the two there um went, went together okay. so um i've always been keen on on, on navigation and, and maps and all, all that sort of stuff uh, and uh, i've carried it through right the way into uh, into adulthood and i've started over the past five years or so I, I started doing navigation courses because you know there's a lot of background knowledge i haven't done various mountain marathons in the past uh, and uh, what I've found is that um, there's a lot of people out there that just don't quite have the basics which you know and it doesn't take that long to get your head around them to get a bit of bit of basic expertise nailed and then you know it really opens up the mountains for you you know it really you can, does doesn't it it does yeah you know you, you can you can do a lot more um i think you'll find a lot of people that go into the hills you know they go to the same places what have you but you know with the basic skills you can really broaden the horizon yeah and route planning is one of my favorite things to do i don't know if you can see um if you're watching on youtube there's a map behind me of my local area and i often use it just to to plan local routes and things um and i love looking at maps and i love planning routes um i'm i'm quite intrigued before we get on to these that you've hinted there at what we might um what kind of easy little things we might start doing to to get basic nav going but um i'm intrigued about the arm um the original mountain marathon so you've won the elite class at the arm which not only requires like running about 26 miles but navigating really proficiently on the move as well so you're more than qualified to be talking to us today here um when did you start moving into the mountain marathon side of things um and and yeah did you start with like the d category and work work up to elite or did you yeah, were you always just like, right, I'm just going to go for elite? Well, I've done orienteering for ages. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was always competent on the navigation side. Um, and um, I was mainly into sort of, say, I got more into fell running. And um, certainly, you know, in years gone by, in the fell running scene, you know, you'd focus on the championship races. And then at the end of the season, heading into winter, you'd have the arm. And a lot of people would then just simply do the arm. Um, so, um, I was always uh, keen to have a go. Um, I mean, what, going back a bit, even before that, really. But, but the first mountain marathon I was I, I ever did was I was only about twelve. I think I did this thing called the Capricorn, which is a mini mountain marathon. Oh. Um, and uh, so I'd done a few very early on, but then I, I'd never actually done an on itself. I just thought, for whatever reason, I never actually got 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 around to doing it. So the first one I did was. Just went straight into the elite class. Ah, why um, not? So that's what my we all advice do. is, you know, <laughs> best advice is really just to sort of start on the low, on, on, on you know, on the, say the B class or even a, you know, a, um, 
medium score. Yeah, I did the D class one year when there was D's in so, in one of them. I can't remember if it was the Hagloss Highlander or the Lamb when the Lamb was still going. I'm sure I've done a D, just <laughs> like right, well, walking around a few of them yeah, <laughs> and well, sleeping right, in a yeah. huge tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you had to carry with you obviously as well. Yeah, so you you, you got you the extra weight on board. Um, but yeah, and I think you know just. For me, I was quite happy just to go straight into the elite class. I was running quite well at the time, you know. Um, I, I was in my thirties, you know, good old days when you got less injuries and what have you. Um, <laughs> less children, sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. All things come along. Um, so I went straight into the elite class. But I think for most most people, I think you know, just sort of um, sort of take bite-sized chunks. Uh, if you're a bit nervous about the navigation, just start at the at the at the bottom one and get one under your belt, and then you think, "Wow, that was quite easy. Quite enjoyed that." And then you can move up a category and just sort of keep going if you want, and then you know get up to uh, A or poss- possibly elite class or or the long score. Yeah, it's a really nice project, isn't it? Navigation, because once you've got you know like if you've done a few trail trail runs and ultra runs, and you just you're looking for to make it a bit more interesting looking for that next step maybe navigation is a really nice sort of side step because it can open up a whole different world of races to you um but in your because so you've set up the nav guy and you do a lot of work with like mountain run the arm um and in your many years of experience coaching are there have you come across like say a few major just common mistakes that you see runners making time and time again are there things that people just always do um there is yeah there's a few there's a few ones yeah um (laughs) which the the kind of things that everybody probably already knows about so you know and it's always I don't know though if people are really new to nav then they might not know like they might not like I know people I've worked in offices before where people don't even know what the the blue lines mean you know like that's a river like they don't even know what that means on a map so so yeah people could be listening to this who have never even looked at a map and they just run on roads before yeah well um yeah I would say uh you know the, the probably the the one thing to take away from any course I would do and take away from this from this chat here today is that whenever you look at your map to make sure it is orientated or to make sure it is the right way up different different ways of saying it pretty much the same thing I think what, what I found is that a lot of people when they, when they go out onto the trails or go out to the hills they get a map let's, well, let's get this one it's here they'll block the map and they'll think right okay I just want to see where I am and they'll they'll have it so that it's like um, they're reading it like a book so that the place names are going upwards because you can sort of see the logic in that but as we know the map is a representation of what what's on the ground and it needs to relate to what is on the ground so it needs to be orientated um, yeah so like turn it round so that like not so that north and the writing's all the right way up, but just so that you're pointing the right way on the map. So like, if there's a stream there, you want that on the left in real life and on the map at the same time. Absolutely, that's what it is. So that, that representation on the ground is, you need to relate the uh, the features that are on the map to what's on the ground. And as you say, you know, if you've got a really big obvious feature, like there's a lake over there, where you can line it up so that the map has the lake over there, that mountain there, a road here and then you can actually start to make sense of the map then it yeah. is incredibly difficult to try and use a map when it's not orientated and that's that's where people get totally thrown so yeah 
Yeah, and do you know what really annoys me about orientating the map is like, that's the first basic rule of navigation, but when you go to like these country parks and things like that, they'll have a locator map on a big signpost or on a board, and it will have a lovely map that somebody's illustrated, my husband illustrates maps exactly like that, and then they'll put it on the board and they'll be like, you are here, Um, and it doesn't, it's not orientated at all to the path that people are going to be taking, so you've then got to do this mental gymnastics as to, so I'm here, and that's there, and that's there, and you've got to, it just it's just really that was one of my bugbears in life actually isn't people not orientating the map because obviously there's a few around the place and they don't want to be bothered like changing it around and stuff but that's really annoying I find because I'm not very good at navigating so that would just really help me out (laughs) I like the term there mental gymnastics which you know you're absolutely right and and I know what you're saying you sort you've got to you've got to be quite good really to be able to mentally turn it all around yeah um, and then be able to use the information um with a bit of paper, it's a bit easier. Um, but uh, yeah, so to avoid those mental gymnastics, make sure your map's orientated, make sure it's the right way up. And um, I think what throws a lot of people with this real basic thing is that if they then orientate the map and it's sort of upside down or partially upside down, the fact that the place names are upside down, I think people just get thrown by that because you're so used to reading a magazine. Yeah, you think it's wrong, it's... don't you, if the place names are upside down? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there we go. That's one thing that you, that, that's the first thing you do whenever you, you have a look at the map, make sure it is orientated. Um, and, you know, it's funny, really, we sort of, we say this to people and, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I think, oh, yes, that's, 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 that's a good idea. Uh, and then people will do it. Okay, right, yeah, just, you know, can line that up with that and, and, yeah, and that's all looking good. But then, like, you know, the following day or a few hours later or, or, or uh, people people will still revert back looking at, at it the right way up so yeah you know even though you can say these things and explain these things i think you know it, it really is it's some people then for whatever reason they just sort of like stop doing it so i think it's keeping it going and um yeah just just saying to yourself if, if you're gonna if you are gonna navigate if you are gonna do a mountain marathon or uh, whatever you then you've really got to nail that one and, yeah. and get it get it bottomed down so would you say that's the most important thing of all then just making sure the map is turned around in the right direction to the direction that you're going i would say so yeah absolutely okay uh, it does make at the sense same time, whenever you do get whenever you do orientate the map um i would also say use your compass as well to make sure it actually is the right way up because yeah. you know what can happen is that you can um you can say, okay, right, there's a nice ridge over there, and there's a, a nice path coming down there, and you can think, okay, you could line it all up, but you might be lining up the wrong things. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and that be, and this is, you know, particularly when it's misty, it can happen quite easily. So, um, whenever you look at the map, make sure it's orientated, and an even better one is use your compass just to double check that it mm. actually is the right way up and quite often that can just nip a lot of mistakes in the bud. Yeah or you could be doing like a 180 degree error I've done that before where I've, I've like you know there's similar things on each side and you've gone like backwards instead of forwards <laughs> held the map completely the wrong question, way around. How far did you go when you did that? <laughs> oh I've done it many times I so many times where I couldn't possibly comment um, but that's a really good one and I'm pleased that you've brought the compass up so early into the chat because um, I think that people really get scared about using a compass as well um, because they they think oh it's got a tourney dial it's got all these numbers on it it's all what's bearings oh no 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 like that but all you're really doing is just checking that if north is say pointing that way 
on the compass that the lines on your map are also pointing that way and that means you've got it held the right way round. It's probably easier if people go on one of your courses to actually learn about this because if you're listening on the podcast or watching us on YouTube it, it might even still be alien to you what we're talking about. Um, so I do advise people go on one of your courses um, but yeah um, I think that just using that compass to check whether north should be that way you know, if you're gonna wanting to go south on your map, check that you are actually that is a path going south. Um, don't know if I've uh, yeah. um, e- e- expressed that in the right way, but yeah, I think yeah, that's, no, you just need yeah, to yeah, use I the think... arrow bit of the compass. You don't have to look at all the numbers. I mean, you said you did say quite a thing that people will see a compass. I mean, here's a, a silver Type Four compass here, and you know you've got the the bezel, the spinny bit, and you've got numbers all around the side. You've got all these all sorts of markings yeah, on it. Yeah, and it's confusing and it looks like a really complicated bit of kit. It does, and you can do all sorts with it, but the thing that you're doing most of the time uh, is using the floaty red needle. The magnetic needle shows north and using that to orientate your map. So uh, to get to, to get all those basics nailed, we don't necessarily need to use the rest of it. We just need to use that, that magnetic needle. Um, and yeah, don't be phased by by all the other uh, all the other bits of detail you know you've got romas you've got scales you've got cutout bits um you've, you've got all sorts on there holding that one quite close you can see there's all sorts on there and yeah. there's a little circle there's a cutout circle there that you can use to mark up maps and then have you have you got one of these compasses i used there? to but i've actually got a much more simpler i've got a simpler one now just for a fiver just for um emergency nice. use for you know mandatory kit um, okay. yeah. yeah, and it's got the numbers on and a little magnifying glass, but it's just I just use it for the north ray, basically. Yeah, uh, I've rarely, was... rarely had to take a bearing in um, in a foul race. I mean, sure. in a trail race, <laughs> it's yeah. usually they usually way marked. Bearings was for when I used to do hiking, um, yeah. which which I now just speed up and call it running. So yeah, so that you know you don't want to be phased by 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 uh, all, all the all the detail on there, uh, and there is all sorts on there. I mean, on this one, you've got there's this sort of little dimple here in the top left hand corner, and nobody's I, I never knew what that was for. Yeah, really what is it for? Uh, well, it, it silver. Um, been making compasses for many decades, and um, they've got a background in the military as well, because obviously you know. Uh, particularly during the Cold War, um, things were heating up a little bit, so pre-GPS devices, and uh, um, there was certain military versions of the Silver Type 4 that had, uh, I think, radioactive paint on some of the markings. Oh. And it, 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 it's some, and it was it was some kind of radioactive warning or something like that. Oh, but, okay. And so it's just like, what it, the point being, really, is that it's completely of no use to us as trailers. Yeah. <laughs> it's another example of of excessive stuff on something like this that you don't necessarily need for basic things but when yeah. it comes to traveling yeah so, yeah I'll, so just the north arrow just to check that you're going in the right direction that you want to be going. i would say so most of the time yeah uh, and that's why i quite like these compasses here, you know these these uh yeah. wrist compasses ah, where you've yeah. got all you've got there is a big fat needle really yeah and, uh, not much else because you know you don't necessarily need much else yeah um, and that goes on your wrist does it that's that looks really it, handy because it yeah. does yeah um and well the other thing about this is that it is that this has got the uh, silver's jet needle on it which is basically bigger than the other one and it, it, it's more stable so it's from a running point oh. of view and you know a lot of the people on here will be interested in running we're moving quicker aren't, over terrain aren't we we're running we're bouncing around a little bit so that needle can just sort of 
uh, float about and dance around a little bit as a runner but the jet needle still do is it's a bigger magnet basically and it's more stable when you're running so uh it's it's a good one to get so you can get those jet needles on a base plate compass um which i've, I've got the, the back version of that one as well but the, the wrist one here is quite nice for certain things and you can just sit over your over your wrist like that and you can uh you can be running along and and it just sort of sits there, yeah. Oh, it sits there great. so that your map stays the right way up and you can thumb the map a bit easier, which we'll be, maybe mention in a moment. Um, and so there we go, really. So it's, it, it, I suppose the one thing I like to say to people is that, you know, there is more than one type of compass and uh -huh. um, it's it's quite handy to have uh, to have one of these, maybe have a base plate compass as well. You know, you can really sort of uh, go to town, give buy yourself some extra Christmas presents, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and have more than one type of compass. Yeah, um, I'll link up to those in the film description yeah. below and um, yeah. in the podcast show notes as well. So if anybody wants to get their hands on one of those, I'll, I'll just put the links um, in there. Um, yeah, I think, I think I suppose one thing I would say is to think about your compass as a piece of kit. You know. Um, when you get into trail running, a lot of runners, like, you know, you're starting out on something like parkour and you've got a pair of trainers and, you know, that's fine. And then you start to venture off roads and, mm, well, maybe like in a set of trail shoes. And then before you know it, you maybe got three sets of shoes, which at the start of getting into running seems really extravagant. But yeah. it's not really sort of, you know, the different things and you can only wear one set of shoes at any time. So you're not, you're not really wasting money. Same with the compass. Think of it as a piece of kit could have maybe more than one and so long as you don't lose it it'll generally sort of last quite a long well you know long enough and yeah. uh, you can have the benefit of having having the right thing at the right time yeah well that sounds great i might get myself one of those wider jet um needles because I've, I've never realized about that um the smaller needle like moving around while i run so yeah that would, that would be a good thing to do as well um and you mentioned thumbing the map as well so would that be like your tip number two for um for beginner be, yeah absolutely absolutely so uh, i mean it depends which map that we've got in, in a if you're doing a, a um a race or, or an event like a mountain marathon or even a you know one of the um ultras where you have to navigate your own way you've got an official race map um but if you're doing your own thing you might have a paper map and um you know when you open it out you've got let's just use this one here let's just say you've opened it out you've got quite a big area and um or you cannot get you can orientate your map get it the right way up and um you can see where you are and then you can sort of you know sort of start to you choose your route but the trouble is whenever you go to look at the map again you've got to go through that whole process again of finding where you are um, so particular particularly as a runner um having your thumb marking your position and having the route that you're following ahead of you is a really useful thing to do um and so to do that you need to fold your map up so that you're able to get your thumb into the right place so on this one here, let's just say I've just done that. I've folded the map up. I'm actually at this point here and I'm heading off further on that way. I can then run, no problem. And when I come to look at the map, I can, the thumbs marking a position. So I don't need to find myself all on the map again. I can just see where I am and just move your thumb along a little bit as you're following your route. Fantastic. Thumb in the map, I think is uh, you know really, really important. and. Um, 
as you move along the route, obviously you're going to need to refold your map. And um, so real sort of map geeks like me get quite interested in, in like, you know, oh, I'm going to have a new fold in a minute as I, fold, as I get <laughs> further along the route. Yeah. It's sad, really. But nevertheless, you know, it's, it is part of it, really, um, because you need to be able to get your thumb to mark your position and then you need to have sufficient map for the bit that you're following so you can navigate it properly and, and also maybe just get a sneaky view of the bit further on but having the thumb on the map means that you don't need to find yourself and i think this is where a lot it's another common issue really um that we talked about you know at the start in that um if you don't sum the map, you've got to find yourself. You've got to find yourself on the map again, and it's a real big faff. So as you get start to get tired, you think, "Well, I can't be bothered doing that." So you don't bother doing that, and then you go off course and you get a bit lost and all this, all, all that, and then you start to think, "Oh, I'm a rubbish navigator." But if you can just sort of keep with it, thumbing the map, you'll avoid all that sort of stuff, and uh, it'll really bring you on loads. So yeah, yeah. simple, simple thing, but very effective yeah so we've got two really good tips there we've got holding the map the right way around so that you could um so you're going the direction that is, the map is facing or pointing um and then you've got to put your thumb on where you are on the map so you're being your own sat nav aren't you really you're you're using your thumb and thumb as as the sat nav bit um yes. whereas the sat nav will just tell you immediately where you are you're using that thumb and you're kind of moving it along where you're going um yeah that's so yeah. that's two really good tips um, have you got another, what, a third quick and easy tip for us? A third for quick navigation? and easy tip? Well, um, yeah, I would say, um, I'm going to ask a question like this. I'll ask you a question. On, on a, if you were to pick up this map here, which is a OS um, 1 to 25,000 map, would you know how far one centimetre is on that map on the ground? Um, yeah, um, 250 metres, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. great. Now, the reason why it's, you know, I, I, I would say to the third tip really would be like just understand the map scale. That, the that scale. Yeah, do you know what? When I used to do orienteering, point one always used to get me because you hadn't got your head into the scale yet because the, the, the maps were sort of different scales, weren't they, for different events in different places sometimes. That's so, right. Well, I was at school, so I wasn't particularly like, you know, sensible about these things and I just used to like hair off and it would and thinking oh it's over there and actually it would be like much sooner or much further than I thought so the scale yeah is a, this, that's that, a really that, good yeah that, and um and that's a, that's what you've just said there is probably what most people would do in that um as you start to use a particular whatever map that you picked up whether it's orienteering or mile marathon or an on survey map is that you sort of you sort of start to get used to the scale yeah but without really thinking about it so what I, what I would say is ask yourself the question do you know what one millimetre equals on that map and yeah. do you know what one centimetre equals yeah and so that if you do then you you've got your head around the scales and yeah I, I would say that that is a useful thing I think um in terms of mountain marathon generally using one to forty thousand maps to an Harvey which is a, a Harvey's base usually a Harvey's base map uh, in a mountain marathon or even a lot of the um uh, ultras like uh, the Dragon's Back, they usually use 1 to 40 harvest based maps, which is a different map scale to the one to the OS 
or 25,000 ones that most people are probably more familiar with. Yeah, that's, I'd so, like to say that exact point there because I'm really used to using the OS maps, um, 1 to 50 or 1 to 25,000. Yeah, 25, and so when I get on a race and I'm given a Harvey map, I'm immediately like completely discombobulated because I'm not used to it. Like the Bob Graham map is a Harvey map as well, isn't it? And it's just, it and I'm, I'm going to go and do some wrecking of the Frog Graham um, next weekend. And it's a Harvey map that I'm going to be sent. And I'm just like, oh no, not a Harvey map. I'm not used to them. And it's got all different colors on it. And the contour lines are 15 meters apart. So it's harder to count them. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you've brought that up. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, get that one nailed. Um, which is understand the scales and so um i mean you said that on a one centimeter on a one to twenty five thousand map is 250 meters and a quick and easy way to remember is when we talk about one to twenty five thousand we've got one colon twenty five thousand um one millimeter equals 25 meters on a one to twenty five thousand map and you can just do the quick mental maths from yeah. there so uh, if you then switch it to a one to forty thousand map yeah one millimeter equals 40 meters. 40 meters. One centimeter equals 400. So, so, why do they do those different scales? I mean, why doesn't Harvey just go, oh, 1 to 50 is a thing, let's do 1 to 50? Why have they settled on 1, one to 40,000? Because it's not in the middle, is it, of 25? It's not exactly in the middle of 25. It's a little bit 50. closer to 1 to 50,000. Um, yeah. And, well, they used to call it the magic scale, didn't they? In that, uh, uh, well, and it's just about how to present information, I suppose. Um, yeah. Back in the day, you know, when I was sort of going out to the hills, if you were to just grab a map, m most likely it wouldn't be a um, a uh, an explorer map. It would be a, a, an OS Land Ranger map, the one to fifty thousand ones, which is the pink ones. Yeah. Which, right? And I don't know if you've ever used one of these recently, but they're actually quite a lot harder to use because there's less detail on there because yeah. it's that uh, smaller map scale. Yeah. And uh, so you know, you've got to be sort of quite quite handy really to be able to use these successfully and they don't there's, have there's all the paths on either they don't yeah. have all the paths on they don't have walls fences yeah. especially in the lake district all the time there's fewer yeah. streams on there um yeah it is definitely a bit trickier using these fellas um but into the 90s this the os then um started to expand the coverage of the uh the explorers and now you've got full national coverage with these ones so these are the go-to maps that people use now and there's loads of detail on these ones yeah yeah but if there's a downside to these ones i'd say there's maybe too much detail yeah so what you've got is not enough mm -hmm. too much mm -hmm. so harvey sort of slid in the middle somewhere mm -hmm. and said yeah. uh, you know we'll, we'll go for one to forty thousand and their maps generally uh, the information the data is presented a bit more simply so it's clearer to read uh, so even though it's it's in the middle but a bit closer to one to fifty thousand, it is because the data is you know a bit more. Uh, they, they just give you what you need to navigate, whereas the OS yeah. tend to give you all sorts everything. of everything. And yeah. OS, they're like they're serving everything. They're not specifically for sport, are they? Whereas Harvey's more of That's like right. they call yeah. them the super walker and the and everything, don't they? So they're designed for hill walkers and and runners, and they make specific yeah. race. Um, maps as well so that's it that's it yeah they're absolutely. putting on the things we need to see so maybe yeah. I should get more involved with them but I really really it's I do find it really easy much easier to count a 10 meter contour than a 15 like the maths to do the 15 meter contour when you're tired is a lot harder than 10 don't you think uh, I <laughs> or do, do actually, I just need to get better at maths I, I do you know that's you know, it's one of these things they've decided that 15 meter contour intervals on a Harvey's map keep sufficient data 
to be able to see the, the shapes and the, the relief, uh, but without overloading the eye with, with too much detail. But it means you get a little bit less information. And yes, the, the, the mental mass when you're t tired, and you're knackered, it's, it's a bit hard. I, I quite like just 10 meters uh, interval. And um, it, uh, you know, I think that's, that's, that's about the right sort of balance. But, you know, they, 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 they've gone for the 15 meter interval. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just weighing up which, which is the best one. Um, yeah, I suppose you get used to it, don't you? If you use, if you use Harvey maps a lot, then you get used to them. You do, yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, what I found is that when you um, then switch back to, to a OS 1 to 25,000 map in the mountains, you think, yeah. wow, there's so much info here that is like... Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You know, it's a bit overloaded. I actually think, oh, you know, you know, it was a bit easy just having the info that you need to have as opposed to all the extra stuff on there. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, but for, personally, I like both. At the end of the day, I'm a bit of a map geek, I suppose. But um, if I'm out running in competition, I definitely prefer Harvey's maps. Um, so if I was to grab a map to go out for a run in the lakes, I'd probably go for Harvey's, but if I'm yeah. out walking with a group, I, I quite often take uh, walking groups out, um, you know, we're going really steady away, we're stopping for pictures, we're stopping for lunch breaks. Sounds like my running. <laughs> well, <laughs> in those sort of situations, I quite like extra detail on the map. You know, things like on, a, on, a, on an OS map, um, you've got like loads more place names. Now, you don't need to know, I mean, every yeah. right, every outcrop in the Lake District has got a name, hasn't it? Yeah. It's all historical. And, <laughs> We don't need to know it, but it's quite nice to know. You know, yeah. these things, oh, you can, the obscure little peak. I'm not talking about the main mountains or the waymarks, but just obscure little places. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and ruins and things. Like they put like memorial cans and like old earthworks and things. You can kind of get a bit of a sense of the history through the OS map, can't you? I think you can. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. better for guiding than actually yeah. like bombing through it as yeah. fast as you can. I'd say so, yeah, and that's sort of, so I like, you know, I like to use use books, and we're, you know, we're quite fortunate, aren't we, really, in that we've got a choice in these things, you know, in Britain, yeah. we've got, we've got, like, super-duper maps, really, have, you know, we're, we're spoiled for choice, really, Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you ever go out to other countries, trail running, but, you know, I mean, some places have got reasonably okay maps, but, you know, a lot of places you go to, they're, you know, they're not, well, they're rubbish compared to the US <laughs> maps, really, but some yeah. are okay, and, um, <laughs> we've got this we've got this really really good choice um yeah which which is which is uh which is fantastic and we've got we've got that full national coverage well full national coverage certainly as far as the os is concerned yeah harvey obviously we don't we, they tend to cover the national parks the some of the 
areas of outstanding natural beauty or the hilly areas basically um, so if you're based way you know away from the hills um, you haven't necessarily got Harvey's maps on your doorstep um, yeah. Yeah. so uh, that's one of the downsides of Harvey's really but it's certainly the mountains yeah we've got that splendid choice but harveys do particular routes don't they like i'm sure they've probably got like a yorkshire three peaks route and they've got the bob graham route and they've probably got the wainwrights route they do route maps they've got a frog graham map as well yeah which is um which is really handy yeah and they highlight it on in yellow it's absolutely the highlight on there's a few little top tips yeah and so that the bob graham one is really is really been useful and i think they, they have tweaked it every now and then because that sort of trunk everybody uses does change on set certain little bits um but uh, it's really convenient i would say yeah so instead of wrestling with maps and pouring everything together more prepared you've just got the bits that you need and you've got a nice big yellow highlighter line to follow yeah it's so handy it is really handy so uh, if anybody's you know thinking of attempting a bob graham i would get one of them and the same with the other oh, ones yeah. you know the the paddy buckley they've got the same versions and um and, and some of the long distance routes as well i think always have got the you know these bespoke maps and um and it can, you can save quite a bit of cash as well so instead of buying loads of different sheets yeah of, and cutting them out and highlighting yeah. your own thing on yeah just, just get really that good. one that one and it does does the biz and Usually they're printed on well, they're all printed on waterproof paper, so you don't have to worry about them getting wet and or disintegrating before you before your eyes when you're actually out on the trail. Yeah, because the OS maps are made of proper paper, aren't they? Unless you get a laminated one. Um, the lam- just the made... laminated ones they're really thick, aren't they? Yeah, and they and don't bend thick. properly. You know, like to thumb them up, you end up with an aching hand because you're trying to clamp it down. I've I've had to use hair bubbles in the past to sort of <laughs> tie them down <laughs> and then hold them like that. <laughs> Yeah. or elastic bands you know um but um I, i've just remembered um with the one to fifty thousand maps i used to use them for hiking in scotland because there's less in scotland so um and with the contour lines um on the one to fifty you could see the the mountains a bit better um with the one to fifty yeah a few a few people do that yeah because uh you know there's i suppose that you know there's things like well, there's fewer in, ge- in in general. There's fewer paths in, in Scotland. You you, were, you really are looking at the ridge lines a lot more, and uh, it can you, you know you can, if you look at a one to twenty five thousand map, you just see bits of hand drawn, like, beautifully hand drawn rocky features all over the map. It's just like you know, wow, too much. Yeah. And so yeah, the the one to fifty thousands really sort of just give you give you what you need there. But I think you know in those situations for me, I, I would if there was a Harvey's one, I would I would very much grow in certainly in the highlands uh, i would gravitate towards those ones to the harveys one to forty thousand for that right balance but yeah if it was a one to fifty i'd, I'd be equally at home with that yeah. as well in yeah. the highlands so these are all really good tips like knowing like which compass which map so we've got such a choice here haven't we um and i also wanted to um unless you've got any other easy tips for us to well, be better at navigating well, just- yeah. Just in terms of maps, and just one more thing I will, I will mention, because we've been talking about Harvey's, we've been talking about OS, you know, um, but these little, the Harvey's Ultra Maps, I mean, it sounds like a salesman here for Harvey's, but I'm not really, I'm just sort of, <laughs> I just think these are a really nice piece of kit. They're tiny, you look like a giant now. Well, there we go, yeah, it's like a miniature map, and it, they're 1 to 40,000, ah. but because they're on waterproof paper, mm-hmm. uh, you, can, you can, four of these cover the whole of the Lake District. And so they, big, they're called the Ultra, are they for ultra running, or is it just the name no, of them? No, they're called, called ultra. the ultra, uh, ultra Map, uh-huh. and um, they're four of these 
uh, cover the whole of the Lake District. So what it means is that you know you could just get four of these and. Um, if you're going out for a run in one part of the lakes, one of these, chuck it in your bag, you know you've got a paper map for the area that you're going into. And um, because they're quite compact, yeah. you can easily thumb the map, print it on both sides, just nice and convenient really, as opposed to wrestling with a great big full-size sheet of paper. So yeah. I, I, if, I, if I could only have, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I like to buy a map from me. I've got a little collection behind me there, plus, um, uh, you know, I quite like to, you know, get whatever's needed in terms of maps. But if, it, if I could only have one um, set of maps for particularly set of hills, I'd probably go for those ones there because they're so handy, really. Yeah, oh, they do look really handy. I didn't even know they made such small ones. They look really good. And they look easier than to fold over than the OS maps because they've got that bit of cardboard, the outer cardboard on the OS maps. They do, yeah. So I so. end up taking that off and then I have to write all over the margins of the map what the map actually is because then I forget what it is um, and write its name on itself. Um, yeah, and it gets wet. Um, you bend it and it gets holes in it. So, yeah. Um, I also sometimes print off a map or I take a photograph of the map on my wall behind there and I just use a photograph of the map on my phone. I do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a handy thing to have you know you've got it you know, you've got a sort of uh it's quick and easy isn't it really i think if it's quick and easy to do then it's definitely uh something that you're more likely to do and and, and all, but also uh, i think a lot of people now will have a subscription to uh, to an app uh, oh yeah OS, os maps is quite a popular one isn't it yeah and view ranger yeah um although well one thing i would say in terms of printing a map off though in that the os maps app um, it's a great, really handy little thing, isn't it? You can, you know, if you're out, out and about, you can just flick it on. You've got your 1 to 25,000, 1 to 50,000 maps on your device. Really good. I use yeah. it all the time, not just for running, but for all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but for you, whatever it is, I think it's about 25 quid a year, maybe 30 quid a year. It's really um, good value. Really good value. But, you know, the, you've got to remember, you can also print print maps off on the, on, on the, off the same account. So if you were to go into your computer at home, log on to the same account, you'll bring the desktop or version of the browser, and then you can print off a little section that you need. So instead of having a great big map, you know, you can just print off either A4 or, or A3 and um, get it sealed up, uh, a little laminated pouch or, um, you know, a sticky bag of plastic, whatever it is, and then you've got a, you've got a printed map. I find that A3 is, is, a, is a better size, but obviously mm -hmm. most people at home I've only got an A4 printer. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But um, you know, just you know, you'll if anybody works, in, anyone who works in an office, you've usually got an A3 printer knocking yeah. around somewhere, or you can go and break into somewhere that does. Or, you know, yeah, send it to or, a friend. Or facilities of somebody that does have an A3 printer. Yeah, good idea. You know, for that, for that, if you're paying the money for your subscription, make the most of it. Use that, use that facility. Uh, and then you've got like a, a nice, a nice um, use, usable map. But you, you mentioned um, View Ranger, which was the other. Well, I mean, it's outdoor acting now, isn't it? View Ranger's been bought out by. Um, oh, is it? Um, the, it's the same thing. But, uh, I'm behind the times. <laughs> but the, but the, in, ter in terms of devices, yeah, you know, without with with outdoor active, um, you can pay a similar amount, thirty quid a year, and you can. Then upgrade from the basic map, and then you can have OS maps on your outdoor active, which is, mm -hmm. which is great. Oh, okay. There's one thing you can't do with that is you can't print them off. Oh, okay. So, because uh, ultimately, you know, that's OS data, isn't it? That outdoor active, are, and, and for whatever deal that they've done, they don't allow that printing facility. So, if it, if I had a choice between OS maps and outdoor active, I'd probably go for OS maps, yeah. so that you can have the 
printing facility. Yes. The yeah. actual app itself app is is probably better than the OS one. Uh, but you know, having the having the, the printing facility app for me is is, is is more important. I would say. But yeah. we've sort of we've diverged a little yes. bit into, into um, digital <laughs> stuff there. Which, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people are just flicking the phone on. We know that there's a yeah. whole host of issues with that. Um, <laughs> but we do both, don't we? I mean, I'm sure you you know you you you'll use your paper maps, and then you'll also use your phone as well for certain things. Um, genuinely, uh, I don't. Apart from photographing maps, <laughs> okay, I'm, right, I'm, well, I'm quite low tech. You, I was taught to navigate in the olden days doing orienteering, so. Um, yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you a question actually about using GPXs because two races I've had them on now and I've not even understood how to use it. So, <laughs> but before I was going to, before we get on to um, using maps on your watch, um, what is the what is the best way? Because you've given us some really good tips there and we've talked about some really nice different maps and compasses. What's the best way to get better at navigation using those tips that you've just given us there? The best way is. Uh, practice getting out there um, I think what I've noticed a lot of people do is um, they might sign up to an event next year think right okay between now and then I'll nail the navigation and then they don't get around to it and then they start to panic a bit as you get closer <laughs> and closer you yeah. know um, you know advice is just to simply get out there uh, and, and and just start to give it a go I would obviously I will also say come on one of my courses. Um, Definitely. Uh, a practical session is you know it's worth its weight in gold. It means that instead of slowly working things out yourself uh, over an extended period of time and not necessarily doing it brilliantly, you know you can just sort of nail a lot in one hit by coming on a course and um, or you know anybody other courses as well really just to sort of just to turn the corner with it. I think that's what I would say. Uh, and once you've done that then keep practicing you know um i know people have in the past have gone on courses or gone on courses with other providers and thought oh yeah that was quite helpful and then they've not used it for two three years forgotten everything and then you're back to square one aren't you <laughs> so yeah i think you know getting out there and doing it regularly i mean we're quite lucky you you you, you live up North Lake somewhere, don't you? I think. No, so. no, I live oh, in Stamford. Not... That's Rutland oh, Water you? that you can see behind me there. Um, oh, you can right, see okay. my map on my wall, and that's Leicester, and then and that's right. Rutland Water. <laughs> so, okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So right. I live so, just next that side of Rutland Water. Just oh, it's backwards the screen, so I never know which way's up. It's yeah, like a mirror. Yeah. This screen there. I live just like there, basically, that you can't see. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you've got plenty of countryside around there, haven't you? To uh, to get, yeah. To, to, on the trails of yeah so. and sometimes i find countryside and like little towns and villages harder to navigate in than on the actual mountainside because on the mountainside there's like a, a route and you go up and you go up and up and up and up and a bit more up and then you're at the top and then you go down you just have to get the right way down whereas in like when there's all these fences and you've got to be this side of a hedge or that side of a river and oh i just get really confused it, well, really, I, I <laughs> really hard to navigate great. it can be it definitely can be harder yeah because all that little all that detail you know i'm sure you've yeah. all accidentally navigated into somebody's driveway yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, but around here honestly some of the paths do start in people's driveways and then you're like am i going into their house and then there's 
there's a gate and there's a footpath sign you're like oh god thank god it's there um and and other the other thing that happens around here is that farmers they plow over the supposed permissive rights of way a lot so you're like trekking through all this mud bog like plowed field or you just have to go around the outside so yeah they're a bit naughty around here because it's you know not like the mecca of hiking around here yeah so i mean but if that's where you know if you've if you've honed those nav skills you can confidently go over those sort of recently grass cut fields or, or cloud, whatever as long as you're on the public right away um and you know you can you can um you can start to use them all you don't necessarily just need to stick to ones that are sort of signposted and what have you yeah and you can go across without fear of being shot because you're in the wrong place <laughs> well, yeah well, I'm, I'm having a go at you yeah uh, yeah i've had that before yeah no i i totally agree it's um uh, it can, lowland sort of trail classic what you call maybe trail navigation can definitely be harder um and so you know don't go thinking that if you've just sort of um gone out on some lo- local trails and you're mindful of thinking you're doing that marathon you struggle on the local trails they so say oh my god i can't possibly go into the mountains i'd be you know some, a disaster zone yeah it's not the case you know it, yeah. it, you're right it can be harder um so just sort of give it a bit more practice and um build a little bit more confidence and um you know you'll still you'll still get there and you know also navigating those local trails um is still the same you know it's the same skills that you're going to be using out on the mountain so um you know don't go thinking that if you want to practice for a mountain marathon that you have to go to the lakes or the peak district or, or the highlands to get a bit of practice in before you repent in three months time you know you can you can you know, get the same same sort of things. You know, distance, judgment, uh, orientation, some in the map. You're going to get the same thing from doing that classic trail navigation in in areas local to you. Or if you even if you're in the city, you know, you, if you're going to. When I remember years ago when I lived in London, going for a run with the one to twenty five thousand map. Yeah. Then, you know, you're in the city, maybe yeah. going through a few parks, but it, it is the same thing really. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's I, good to know. We can practice it anywhere. Yeah, and. The, it, the, the more the better really yeah that's, that's one big thing is you know just get out there regularly yeah. at, uh, and then as soon as you've got that little bit of confidence you know you're away after that i would say yeah. and you know you'll, you'll get loads better yeah. and it is a little bit like learning a language or fitness you you kind of you, you wouldn't expect your body to just go and run a marathon after no training so mm. why do you expect yourself to be able to navigate after no navigation practice so it's like it's training for navigation in the same way that we train our bodies for the run um um, and with that in mind, I've, I've been training a lot for ultras recently and I'm what? finding that I'm using poles a lot. And how on earth will I use a map and poles? How, like, how do people well, do that? Have you got like a swivelly mountain bike <laughs> mount on top of the pole? Um, how do people cope well, with map it, and poles? Well, sort of, you could always do sort of having an extra set of limbs, couldn't you really? To yeah. Sort of to do, do everything. It is, I mean, it is, it is a classic, uh, a classic issue. Um, more for the ultra runners uh, as you say because i think more and more people are starting to use poles as well these days aren't they yeah because yeah and it's, it's yeah and i suppose with hikers as well i mean hikers are always navigating aren't they somewhere so yeah, yeah. hikers is, um, well, that's what ultra running is for me it's just a long hike yeah um so i think um um going back to a few little things that we've talked about before the choice of compass can be quite quite important or certainly how you fasten the compass onto you i mean so for me i quite i i, I, st- I use poles as well but i'm not so much of an ultra runner um i i just use them for the sort of shorter distances if i, if I go out for a, an hour two hour run in the late district i'll quite often have my poles with me 
So those these like wrist compasses are really quite helpful for that in that you can use your poles with these. Yeah, as well. I'll get me one of them. So if I've got uh, that, you know, at least I've got the direction there. I'm not so the map is another separate issue. <laughs> That is that is quite helpful. You can wear it over your thumb like that, or you can you can have it. If I was doing a an ultra, where the navigation isn't necessarily that hard, is it on a lot of these things? But no, it, and you're going a bit slower if you're using the poles. And you could, so I would maybe tend to wear this one like a watch. Yeah. Uh, in, in if I was doing like an ultra uh, and have your watch on, you know, the normal watch on the other side. Yeah. So you know you've got your compass there, and um, I think if you're doing your own thing you know if you organize a map that's not a full size sheet i think if you've got poles it's hard it's going to be just nine impossible to use one of these yeah i think you need to you know get yourself an a3 printout of the, of the bit that you use but if you are doing a race and you've got an official race map like say the dragon's back each day you're going to get an official you know a new race map uh, you can just about sort of still have that in your hand but i think the key thing is have somewhere on your vest that you can stash them up yeah very it's really handy yeah and very easily um obviously when it comes to running vests or waist pouches or whatever it is that you use um you've got to have your the, the necessary race kit um and you're then thinking about gels or access to your nutrition to stop you from falling apart <laughs> um but where the map goes super important and if you are going to use the compass you know sometimes people would have their um a sort of um, a base plate compass stashed on there but the key thing is being able to get at it quite easy uh, yeah. and so that you might with poles in your hand you can still use a map like this um, and you've got your compass out poles in hand and I think you need to start to develop your map memory technique ah okay so, uh, I mean, it is what it says at the moment. If you can look at a particular section of the route that you're doing, and then just you've got to simplify your navigation because you can't remember everything. But if you if you're following a, uh, you know, you can remember you can remember three key points about what, yeah. you, what you've got down to the bottom, uh, left at the stream, up the hill, yeah, past and it, the style. Going back to like practice, you know, you, you'll get better and better at that skill. But if you've developed that map memory. Uh, then you can sort of burn it into your mind, put your map in there, and then get your poles out and start powering away. Yeah, so just like little and often looking at it, and maybe when you're going uphill or, or yeah, like get that. get it get in the key points. I mean, it, it um, the the navigation for an ultra is um, yeah. I mean, the, the nature of the sport is is the distance, isn't it? It's not the, the fact that you got to navigate is. Um, because it, you know, it's too too much of course to weigh mark, so yeah. you have to have to. Have to have, but with mountain marathon, the navigation is actually part of the event, and that yeah. is sort of the skill in itself. So, you know, the, the navigation on an ultra is generally going to be easier. And yeah. also on ultras, this is, brings me to my last question, question, which is about um, using GPXs on a watch. Because most of the ultras are like follow your GPX on your watch. So I duly downloaded the GPX of the Lakeland 50, put it on this watch, and then in the Lakeland 50, I started it at the start. And then you know there was one point where I was on my own, and I looked down at the watch to the navigation bit, and all I could see was a straight line and an arrow on it. And I was like, how am I supposed to navigate from that? And I tried to zoom in, and then it zoomed out again when I next looked at it, and I was like oh this is a pile of rubbish I'm just gonna 
I'm just gonna like <laughs> I'm just gonna follow I'm gonna wait for someone and follow them um, I did have the map obviously because they give you one um, but I was trying to be quick about things um, so yeah I was just wondering what you thought about races saying that you can use the GPX because I really struggle with it and um, yeah do you teach do. how to use GPS watches because uh, if there's no features on it how am I supposed to use it as a ma- <laughs> like yeah, there I are can... ones with features on obviously but it's so tiny how are you supposed to use it yeah it's all it's having it all set up right isn't it and having um, you know the right sort of data on there it, it's a, sort of a big question I think people a lot of people want to just get a GPX so they don't have to think about it all um, I don't I cover it when I do my courses and we talk about it but personally I don't tend not to use them first of all they're quite expensive aren't they uh, mm, yeah when this you know they can work they can be really helpful but you know it's a lot of money after three four five years things start to go wrong with them so you've got to spend a load more money so I tend not to use them for that for that for that reason if you are going to use them I think you could do with having uh, spending upgrade yeah. to have the OS data or Harvey's data definitely otherwise it's just a breadcrumb trail with an arrow and what use is that i suppose if you've gone off course that's useful to tell you but then how do you get back and how do you know where you are it's like absolutely yes nowhere i would say say, but you know it might cost a bit to get the unit in the first place but then the cost of getting the data on there i mean it varies depending on the device uh, and it can cost an arm and a leg to get all the os data on there and again that's where you know (laughs) i find it like a bit too much uh, financially to, to have that um, but if you go if you if you want to do that you know I would my advice would be to get the uh, proper map data on, yeah on, on the device as well yeah so you've got features popping up so that you're using it as basically a tiny tiny map and a sat nav yeah. on a tiny tiny map absolutely yeah that's it um, yeah. or the phone also, like some people like when I did Cape Wrath Ultra my friend had view ranger when it was view ranger back in the day and she had the actual map on her phone and yeah. it was like a, a, a little arrow on there and it was just like a sat nav for the hills which was great like the OS app is um, she just had that and you could see all around her phone like it, it was but we, she wasn't using that all the time we were just getting that out to confirm with the map that we were going the right direction if we were ever like a bit worried about the map uh, but we were ma- basically using the map because it didn't take any battery so we only turned that on when we were like, oh, we just want to confirm because we're tired and, you know, we really need to go the right that's, way. That's that's a really good bit of advice, that Claire. Yeah, just sort of having, you've got it there, you can use it if you need to. Uh, so to like get a backup, in my mind. Yeah, it's like a, a backup. it is a backup. But, and then, you know, you're not you're not nailing the battery because you're not using, yeah. it, using it all the time. And also, it, it is quite, it can be quite hard and fiddly to use a device. Yeah, if you're especially using in gloves. It to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I, for me, I, I would say it, it's really useful to help you out if you, as you say, you're knackered um, or you've gone a bit off, astray. Instead of going through the whole process of relocation, you can just flick it on and say, oh, yeah. right, I see what I've done. Yeah, Get back oh, I'm up. here. Now I go here. Yeah. So, um, and also in yeah. the rain, the touch screens aren't great in the rain, are they? That's it. it the touch screen could go. I mean, we know the downsides of, the, of it, these things. You know, battery life, touch screen going, and and it works great when you're pra- trying it out practicing. But then in the reality of an event, you, you know, it, it doesn't always work out for you. Um, so um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I think just having getting the basic. Um, navigation skills on your belt is, is is probably the first starting point to do uh, yeah. and then as to how you're going to use the tech as well as, as a backup if it's an ultra in a, in a race where you can use tech um, you've got loads of choices there and um, I would um, 
um, just make sure that if you use the device that you you're super familiar with how 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 it all works and getting it all set up before you actually go out there yeah that's good advice oh. and um, yeah and also remember I think people sometimes also think that you've got to have the you know the latest tech but not necessarily sometimes the old tech can be quite helpful yeah right? like an e-trex garmin e-trex like old old school like this big gpx with like actual map on it that could be yeah. quite handy it's quite heavy yeah but yeah and also like just like grid references as well you know oh, right, um, yeah. all the maps, even a race map you've got grid references on there mm -hmm. and um so you could use a grid reference finder if you're doing an ultra yeah uh, like old school gpx's gps's used to be just the grid reference didn't they it and did. so it, we, i remember turning it on to just double check that we were in the right place that we thought we were in yeah it would give yeah. you like a six figure one wouldn't it or, or even That's an it, eight yeah. figure one or something like that it's, i can't remember how well, accurate it was I would probably just go for the six-figure one, and then you can put yeah. yourself on the paper map. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you're doing an ultra and uh, you you've, you we've just wanted to use a, a, a navigation app just to get yourself out, out of a bit of trouble, but the rain means that the screen's not working. Well, with a grid reference finder, you can just pull up the info. You've got the info. That's all you need. Turn it off again. Yeah. Just you can, you can use that with your paper map. Yeah. So There is loads of different ways that you can sort of link all yeah. these things together. But just using um, it as a I am here seems to yes. be quite a good way to use it yeah I think um, yeah so it's just it's weighing it all up I know a lot of people might have a sort of Phoenix 6 or a watch mm. and they don't want to you know all they want really from it is to know if they've gone off route which mm -hmm. you know you can set it up and have your you know your little beeps yeah. so if, if it's got a bit pear-shaped uh, yeah. it's a it's all it ultimately you've got loads of options there basically I think yeah. we want to make sure that we don't get confused by having too many options yeah um, and the other thing I would say is that regardless of the tech and the maps that you're using, if you're doing something like an ultra, um, burning in as much of the route into your mind is worth its weight in gold as well. Because even yeah. if you're using that, that uh, a device to keep you on track, use it for navigation a little bit. If you know the shape of the route, the big sort of features, you know what you you know where you are, then it it, it you. you right from the start you're building in that map memory that we talked about before to do mm -hmm. the polls um and it's all in here it's all locked in the map it's in handiest storage place isn't it really yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got the basics of the route and then you can then you're just using the paper map compass your device to uh help help yeah. you out really for the finer details you know that yeah. you generally like it's over there on that mountain there we're heading that way yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, to, another example about this is somebody who, not that long ago who was doing a Bob Graham. Um, they, you know, had the map segments and, and even that, the Harvey's map that we talked about. And uh, I um, organised them a like a full size sheet of the whole route, like you know, big piece of paper. And they thought, wow, this is great because it really this does something. It just sort of means that you can start to burn it, all the detail into your mind, the little, yeah, uh, the shapes of the route. You know where the tricky bits are, the the harder bits of navigation, uh, and yeah. So that's that's a bit of advice I would say. So yeah. if you're doing a get the O's of you, yeah, just sort of get it all burnt into the mind as much as you can, and then that's going to give you a really good heads up. Yeah. Uh, 
on the yeah. day itself good starter for 10 yeah awesome oh well that's been brilliant thank you so much um i think we've all learned a lot and I, i've managed to air some grievances there so that's all that's been really good um, so yeah thank you so much sean we do really appreciate all that advice um it's been most Props. enlightening i also feel raring to go to pick up a map and plan a new route and practice my navigation right away um that all thanks to you um so just to end up can you tell us how people can find you online to book a course with you and, and follow what you do yeah so um i've got uh, my social media up down as the nav guy on, on instagram and facebook uh and uh, i'll be putting some courses up there um in the near future uh and or if you want to message me about any sort of bespoke course you can you can generally get me through um the nav guy quick search uh is gonna gonna pull it up if i yeah that so that's the, the quickest and easiest way really is to, to contact through there and, and see any courses that I'm going to be uh, having on and also um, um, courses via Mountain Run as well um, up in the Lake District so uh, I do a lot of work with Charlie Sprose and Mountain Run as well so that's another option you can book on via, via there um, and yeah hopefully maybe see some of you out there on one of these courses yeah. or uh, uh, yeah build up that uh, basic enough skills bit of confidence and you'll be flying awesome well thank you so much um everybody follow sean and book onto one of his courses to improve your navigation maybe make it your winter project and i just want to read out a couple of live comments and um, because obviously we had lots of people watching live so today says thanks very interesting lisa says lots of useful advice thank you and a smiley face as well um, and david r said this was fantastic thank you both so yeah just a, a flavor of the comments coming through there um so thank you very much sean um have a great rest of the summer and um we'll see you out and about map in hand hopefully Great, thanks for that. Bye everyone.